Do you work on a remote team all over the country? Do you have friends and family just too far away to visit? Are you struggling to connect communities that are never in the same place? Introducing TriviaThrowdownOnline.com The classic pub trivia experience with all of your friends and colleagues, but from the comfort of your own home or office. Designed for 6 to 60 players with question types built to encourage teamwork and collaboration. One of our live MCs runs the entire 75-minute experience, so you don't have to do anything except for show up, bring a drink, and get ready for some fun. TriviaThrowdownOnline.com. Book your free demo and get a quote today. We're back. Cheers, brother. Cheers, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mike Blitz. I'm your host, Mike Wade, my co-host, South Richmond, Mike White. What is up, brother? What's up? Good to see you. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations it's been a while. again. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Been a little while since our last show. I do apologize to all the Mike Blitzers out there listening. I know you all have been hankering for that hot content. Good. It feels good to be back in the booth with you, good sir. Yeah, it feels great. It feels natural. It feels <laughs> it feels right. Yeah. So a lot of you are probably saying to yourself, like, what are they talking about? So let's go ahead and do a little quick catch up and a little kind of what's with you segment. Um, I guess I'll start. So uh, right after we hit record on the last show, which was December 2nd, which was no it was December 1st, excuse me, Thursday night. It was two weeks ago from like literally right now. We finished recording. My wife, Anna's water broke like an hour later. Sure enough, seven hours later, my son, Anders Brooks, was born at 9.29 a.m. And woo, thank you. Another Maybe Mike Blitzer was brought Another Mike Blitzer world. was brought into the world. <laughs> um, very, very exciting. Um, so obviously, our life has been just an absolute whirlwind. Uh, we're the hot. We were at VCU. Everything went great there. Uh, he had a belly Rubin issue, which was not sweet. We had to go back to the hospital for two more nights, which was not ideal yeah, um, for anybody. Sucks. Yeah, it just sucked. I mean, it was fine. Everyone's fine. Everything is fine. But it totally, totally sucked. Um, did not kick ass. But now we're home. Baby's doing well. Baby's gaining weight, eating, sleeping, pooping like a champ, doing all the things you would want a 13 year old baby to do. So. Thirteen year old baby. Um, Thirteen day old baby is what I meant to say. Thirteen, as you can tell, I'm a thirteen year old baby. I correct. I have not slept very much um, in the last thirteen days, which is another reason this has been uh, a little challenging. But you know, and I know we're getting ourselves into. We know we're challenged. We know what we're we're doing. But that's why uh, we did not record last week. You can blame it squarely on this guy. I'll take the heat for that. Um, So that's new with me. Uh, What's new with you in the last two weeks, brother? Yeah, we're just going to call this like the dad pod complaint hour because <laughs> I don't have a new- newborn, but our seven month old has been sleeping like a newborn. No. Um, it's been about it's been two weeks plus, but this last like week or so, I mean, it's literally three, four hours of sleep for us every night. And um, things have been uh, not so chill around here. <laughs> 
that's not very not not ideal. That happens, man. These kids come in like waves. Like every time you like finally get used to something and adjust, they like throw like a new curveball at you. Yeah. Yep. I'm telling you. So my middle kid, Axel, my son, he is so I've 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 got three. My my oldest daughter, Lena, my middle one, Axel. He has been acting up like crazy. Like he is like big time adjusting. You know, he's got big feelings about being a big brother now because he was the baby for the last five years. He had it, yeah. he had it, he had, you know, he had the golden parachute for a long time, but that gravy train is over. Now he's got to do work and chip in, um, and he's not happy about it. So my five-year-old is, like, acting out all the time. So I didn't see that coming, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, it's it's going to take some time. Yeah. Everybody maybe is, that's our Maybe that's our next – when college football season's over, we just do, like, 30-minute, like, dad updates, and everyone can commiserate with uh, – Dude, let's get let's get call-ins. Let's get yeah. um let's get some questions. Let's get some uh let's get some. Hey, get this some is FAQs. Jason from New York. Um yes. my toddler also sucks. <laughs> I I think you have I think we're on to something. Uh Blitzers, let us know. Uh very cool. Uh so that's that's I'm sorry about you not sleeping. Obviously, sleep helps, but you know, what are you gonna do? Sleep when you're dead. Um talk about uh what's your, what are you drinking tonight? I'm back on the Hardywood gingerbread stout. Boom. I've been drinking a ton of this stuff this season and I've always, I mean, it's always been good. Some years is better than others. Some years are better than others. But um, this year I have especially enjoyed even more than the other variations of it. Because I used to love like the Christmas morning and the Kentucky Christmas morning. Um, But yeah, the the great gingerbread stout, the classic. It's it's like 12 bucks for the four pack of pints. It's it's awesome. It's a great beer. It is it is good stuff. We are we are definitely in gingerbread stout season. Um, and I was saying you and you know while we were doing baby stuff, actually Mike and his wife actually brought us family a bunch of yummy treats and a four pack of yummy beers. So I got some gingerbread stouts downstairs from a crack into this weekend when I'm watching World Cup final meaningless bowl games and all the other things. So uh, that stuff is the chef is legit. Don't dare call them meaningless. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are fans out there. I, you're right. I'm totally kidding. I would say lo- lower tier bowl game is what I meant to say. I am drinking uh, um, Basic City uh, IPA. It's got a six on it. Oh, Sixth Lord is what we're drinking. Sixth Lord. I got this in Crozet, Virginia. These guys are in Waynesboro. This is a really good Virginia IPA, which I really like. Um, it's earthier than I thought. It's it's you know when in the in the realm of like the New England IPAs, which is like all I drink, and I totally bring this on myself. This is more of like an old school like Dale or like Sierra Nevada almost. I'm into it because it's fresh and it's from Virginia um, and it's good. And it's only 5.3, which means I'm only, I'm going to drink this after, after I drink this or two or three, I'm not going to be hammered, which is ideal because I'm not sleeping right now because I have a 12 day old. So I like it. Everybody wins. Everybody and wins. it's earthy. So the earth wins. I think I said earthy like several times. So I just really feel like this beer is earthy. So I want to make it clear on that. More of my earth tones today. Uh, very cool. All right. Let's talk about some headlining news uh, in college football. It's broken the last two weeks. The first one, um, God, this feels like this. This is a, I can't remember the last time we had so many, so much just tragic news in college football. Uh, Mike Leach, the uh, coach of Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs, uh, passed away two days ago, three days ago, I believe. Uh, he had a heart attack slash stroke, um, died in the hospital. Uh, he was 61. Uh, Mike and I's thoughts and prayers go out to his family, his grandkids, his kids, uh, the whole Bulldog Nation. Um, just terrible, terrible loss for college football. He was such a great personality, such a great coach, Texas Tech, Washington State, now at Mississippi State. Uh, if you're ever bored, just watch some of his interviews. Like he is just like he was just such a joyful character. They called him the pirate. Um, it's just terrible. It's terrible. 
Yeah, it was really sudden and and um just one of those things that kind of takes everybody off guard. Um he was such a colorful personality and a lot of people don't realize how successful he was as a coach. Um you know, he he's probably like a game shy of finishing um below the threshold for um college football hall of fame and his coaching tree is what was really really impressive um assistants under under him were Dave Aranda, Art Bryles, Sonny Dykes, uh Dana Holgerson, Lincoln Riley, um players under him, Cliff Kingsbury, Josh Heupel. I mean, he's touched a lot of different high profile folks in college football today. It's a well-decorated list of coaches for sure. One thing I always really appreciate about him was um, his ability to kind of bring bring who he was, wherever he was. There was all this talk about even when he left Texas Tech, like how was he going to do in Pacific Northwest? Were they going to tolerate all of his ex- um, extra eccentric, eccentric behavioral traits and his commentary and his kind of whole just kind of shtick almost? And the same thing was said about him in Mississippi State, like how they react in the Deep South. But wherever he went, he won. He brought his outside the back, outside the box offense that w- opened wide, you know, passed the ball to run, which you know typically doesn't work in the in the Deep South. And his personality, he was called the pirate for a reason. Um, and it didn't matter where he was or what he was doing. He was always authentic as a coach and um, as a personality. And there's just he was just such a joy to root for. I'm never going to I'm not going to claim that I was ever a Texas Tech, a Washington State or Mississippi State fan. But college football was just better when he was there. He yeah, was he was always much must see must see TV. And it's rare that you find a public figure that is always kind of straight shooting and themselves, you know, everybody talks about coach speak and totally um, that's, you know, something anyone can appreciate. He was, he was who he was, you know, he's Popeye, the sailor man, Popeye, the sailor man. Um, uh, anyway, we are super sad about that. And, you know, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to the bulldogs and obviously, um, the Leach family. Uh, next piece of business news. Uh, so obviously there's been a lot of college football hiring, but there was a big one. The big splash obviously was uh, Dion primetime, Dion Sanders. Coach Prime. The, coach Prime making the jump from Jackson State to Colorado. He is now the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, he's already seen some big time recruits come in and he is changed, you know, Colorado has been a terrible program for a long, long time. Yeah, like um, a decade, like a decade. And he's and he's, he's he's breathed some life into it. I've got a lot of takes, but go ahead and open us up. What do you think? Um, Yeah, there's a couple a couple things that so I uh, there's nobody who's who's really lukewarm on this situation. Um, for those of you who don't know, he came in and day one, I mean, literally like five minutes after meeting all the players basically told them I'm bringing guys with me. You better hit the portal, get out of town, do what you need to do. I'm coming with changes. I'm bringing my own guys. You know, he's already got um, kids transferring from Liberty. He's bringing his son. His son's got starting five, quarterback <laughs> four and five stars um, in the portal, hitting him up. Um, he basically is going in scorched earth. He's going to rebuild the program from the ground up and telling the kids that are already there to take a hike and that's rubbing people the wrong way. And a lot of different what he's doing is outlets. Yeah. 
what he's doing is he's embracing a new modern reality of college football, which is there's definitely a mercenary aspect of this. You know, with the transfer portal being what it is, with NILs being what it is, like we just saw Lincoln Riley, who, who to be fair, is a much bigger, better, higher pedigree coach at this point than Coach Prime. Coach Prime might get there, not there yet, and went to USC, which is obviously is a much bigger program than Colorado, but it's the same same story. Uh, Rick, Rick Lincoln Riley got that job. He brought Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, a slew of other guys with him, and he became that, and they were they were, they were a whiff away from a conference title and a playoff berth in the first, first season. I'm not saying that's going to happen for Colorado, but I mean, I think bowl eligibility in year one is definitely on the table for Colorado. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think so as well. I mean, it's going to be hard not to have those kinds of expectations as bad as they've been just with the the, the talent that he's going to be able to attract. I mean, this is so everyone's going to have these knee jerk reactions. This is a very rare scenario. You've got um, an extremely well-known, again, public figure who um, – has who's generally had, liked generally yeah he doesn't have option. a ton of coaching experience who just has <laughs> has a ton of charisma he's a personality he's got a lot of name recognition he knows a lot of people you know he's a famous person period and um he's kind of leveraging that to get the coaching staff that he wants to get the players that he wants and the new nil and it, this is kind of a a new way to do things and people, people don't like that. And and people are also a little thrown off by the fact that, you know, he went to Jackson state. Um, his whole thing was embracing the change and promoting um, historically black colleges. And um, the, you know, a lot of people see that as him kind of turning his back on them, using them for the next step. I don't, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I think he's, I think he's just, I think again, he's just embracing the system for where it is now. Obviously, like, I mean, I think Jackson State has a lot to thank him for. I mean, he, nobody knew who Jackson State was, especially in the, at least in the college football, bigger mainstream picture before he got there. So obviously him going there and doing that for Jackson State is great. But obviously, I think everybody knew going in when they hired him, that was not his plan. He wants, you know, as, as given, and anybody, He's, I mean, he's Coach Prime. This is, this is he's been prime time since the '90s at Florida State. Like he was always, he's always going to church yeah. and strive for greatness. So, like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he used the kids at Jackson State. I think he, I think he tried to elevate them and bring them along with him. And I think as those guys that are talented and good enough, he's going to bring them with the Colorado, and he's going to elevate them and get them to Power Five conferences. They're going to get them competing for, for. So, I mean, I, I, I just think what he's doing is, it's more direct. It's less traditional and it's 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 it is leaning into the current reality of college football in ways that we have not seen before. We might see it more and more often. You know, we might see NFL coaches try and make big who might get big splash hires at I don't know, recovering Auburn, even though Auburn has a new coach and maybe switch on there pretty quickly because now we now we know it's possible. Lincoln Riley just laid the blueprint down. You know, go to yeah. blue chip, go to a blue chip program with some talent, missing holes. Get a couple of big NIL deals, fish, and build a team. And you know the 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 days of having a three four year rebuild, at least for some of these blue chip programs, um, are over. And you know now it's year and a half, two year rebuild, and you know get it going quickly because this is what you this is what other teams can do now. So yeah, I, don't know. I think the the challenge, I mean, moving on from from talking about Coach Prime, which you know I understand why there's controversy. It's a new 
thing that he's doing. He's an yep. entertainer first yep. and a coach probably second, but the entertainer piece is what allows him to do what he's doing. And if yep. he surrounds himself with the right coaches, he'll be able to be extremely successful in that as well. Sure. I mean, I gave you a lot of crap about uh, coach O at LSU, but as a pure motivator and somebody who can get the right people around him um, and let them do their jobs. I mean, we're taught, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, you assemble the right pieces. You don't have to be a great coach, but you do have to be able to, you know, handle the spotlight as a head coach when things go wrong, know how to make changes, all those things. And so a lot of that is yet to be seen if he can do, but step one, he can do, which is pull talent, get attention, bring eyes eyes and money which is huge yep. and you know we'll see how the rest plays out did you see what the ad said when they hired him the ad was talking there some journalist was like was talking about the, the i can't remember the numbers off the top of my head but it was a he got a pretty got a pretty good decent deal from uh from colorado a bigger deal than colorado is typically used to paying for their football coaches and my report essentially was like where's the, where's that money coming from the ad's like oh we'll get it We'll get it for sure, and they're yeah. all expecting exactly. They're expecting they're expecting big name Boulder uh, alumni living in the Denver area or wherever. They're gonna get excited about this program, probably pour some money, and we see. So I'm expecting that to happen as well. One thing he does have going for him, and then I swear we'll move on from this, is he knows how to speak to young people, and obviously he motivates them. And because there's, there's, I've, it is given the early signing day. Half, I mean, uh, signing classes are going to be over in like a week, and the fact that he's able to turn this many people's attention to Colorado one in 12 or one in 11. That's what, yeah. That's the Colorado other thing I was going to say in like eight days before they, all these kids sign wherever they're going to go. Like kudos to him. Um, it's going to be, if nothing else, I actually think he's going to be a good hire there. If nothing else though, it will at least be entertaining for sure. Well, how football. can he not be a good hire there? They're like a two win program. Yeah. Like if he plugs in a bunch of four stars a couple years in a row, and only wins six games, four games, six games, and then gets fired. The roster has already turned over better. I mean, he's left it better than when he got there. Sure, but yeah, but he's like, I don't think he's going there to win four system. I think he's, I think he's going there because I think he no, no, no. I, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying if, even if he, do, even if he flames out, even if everything no, goes wrong. Yeah, I think you and I both agree that he has a pretty high floor. Is what we're, I think. I think he's immediately going to do, install a level yes. of quality that Colorado hasn't had in a long time. So yeah, I think we're I think we're on the same page there. All right, cool. Let's be, let's keep it rolling. Uh, other thing that happened while we were gone, uh, the Rose Bowl finally uh, uh, kind of uh, whatever they want to call it, succeeded on their end of the, of the of negotiations, and we are going to get the twelve team playoff the year after next. We only have two team fourteen playoffs left this twenty twenty two season, which starts a couple weeks, and then next year, and then it's a twelve team playoff. So it's happening. It's happening real soon. I for one am psyched. Go ahead. I have such mixed feelings. I have <laughs> such mixed feelings. It's really hard because. I just think that regular season means so much to this sport in particular. College football is what it is because every game matters so much. What do you think that Michigan-Ohio State game would have felt like if they both already knew they're comfortably in the playoff, they don't even have to worry about the conference championship, they're both – I mean – it just takes away so much of the pageantry, so much of the importance, so much of yeah, what makes the sport great. I mean, honestly, it'd be it would be it would it would be like one of those games between like 
the Niners and the Seahawks when they're, they're both really good. Like they're both going to the, like one of those end of season games where they're both really good and maybe fighting for a bye week or something like that. But they both knew, even though they hated each other and they're active, they both knew they were going to playoffs. They were definitely leaving stuff in the tank. I think there's something to be said for that. My, what I wanted to say right away to you was that's a terrible example. They hate each other, but you're right. If they're the, if they're the two seed and the three seed and they're playing in Ann Arbor and they both know they're in the playoffs, barring the sky absolutely falling, then it might change that. I'm hope I'm hopeful that if it does, it's not much or not at all. Um, in that regard, especially late in the season like that, yeah. that game means nothing. Yeah, I mean it does. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you're, I, you're saving starters because you've got conference championships, which could mean a buy, and then you've got. So that's a rub. That's a real rub. My the, the but it comes with some pros. Some and what I think there are pros, some pros. There are some pros. One is um it's seven more football games. Seven more awesome, interesting, exciting, high stakes football games. Four of which will be on campuses. I yes, love I love, love that. Love the fact that five, six, seven, and eight are going to host a football game on their campus. I can't go ahead. I I. I love that so much, and I love it so much. I would love it so much even more if they took some of these bowl games and moved them on campus. Correct. I some would, of these I, other yeah. bowl games that nobody goes to, put them on campus. You're going to get better attendance. You're going to get more intrigue. You're going to get a better atmosphere. Yep. Oh, everything. I, I, I would like to see. I mean, the, so they're only doing the the first round of the playoffs. The, the five, you know, the, the five versus yeah. twelve. So yeah. I like to see them do the first two rounds on, and then have moved the that. semis. You know, do the whole final four away. That's what they should do because, man, the five seed is going to be what they're going to be like a Clemson hosting a Oregon. You know, for like yeah. five versus like a five versus twelve. It's gonna the matchups on campus. At that part of the con- that part of the country, that part of time of the year when it's cold, like it's going to be so good. It's going to be just such high quality television. So for that upside, I'm really excited. Obviously, and we've seen. I mean, we've highlighted it all year. It's just been even more prevalent this year. How much home field advantage means in in these, especially the big games. Uh, you know, those top ten, top twenty five matchups. I mean, the home field team won. I don't remember the stat. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but it was like literally like 90% of the time. I think there was one home field loss or or maybe two the whole year out of these big time matchups. And so that carries so much weight when you get into these late season playoff games. I do love more football. I do love the fact that we get less politicking and, and less um, who should bias. Yeah. You get, uh, you get a little bit more, more of a real, um, product playing itself out. I love that. I hope that it. I hope that it turns out like we think it will. And I think with what we've seen this year, there's more parity. What I don't want is you have the 12 team playoff and the first several, the first couple of rounds are all blowouts. Yeah, I mean, you run the risk of that. Although I think, I think. I mean, I think we've kind of learned that in college football, and this has been true the last couple of years, is there's a pretty big drop-off after one through three or one through yeah. four through six through 20. Like, you know, like yeah. the sixth team and the 19th team is a much smaller gap than the fifth team and the one team, you know? 100%. So, like, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think there's going to be a lot of AAC and group of five schools that are going to win a game or two. And I think there's going to be a lot of who come up and bite a second or third tier 
LSU or Tennessee or Penn State or somebody who's expecting to beat up on a Tulane or a UCF and they get a really motivated bunch who came to play. Like that, I think we're going to see that a bunch. So yeah. I'm super intrigued by what that's going to be. Um, but we'll talk more about that um, in the weeks, years to come because we got yeah, I mean, ahead of us. But all you can coming. do is adapt and enjoy our sport as it as it changes. We're going to yep. love it no matter what. We're going to tune yep. in no matter what. Yep. But RIP regular season. Yeah. A last okay, one more thought. Other thing I'm really, really happy about it. And, I've, and I've, I feel pretty strongly about this. Bowl season is dying so fast. You know, and I, I was we were teasing earlier this episode about the lack of interest in bowls and you know, the 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 Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl seven years ago meant so much more than it does now. Um, I think the playoff has done that because yeah. now everyone's doing that. So at least at but this the point, media did that. Yeah, the I, playoff I mean, did it. And then the media did it. And the fans like I'm so much less interested in. I'm so much less interested in even the even the, the New Year's Eve six bowls that aren't playoff games. I shouldn't be. I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to enjoy them all. But there was a time like in the BCS era where it was a two game season when I still cared tremendously about the Fiesta Bowl, you yeah. know, even though it wasn't the two playoff that it wasn't the BCS championship, the game like there was there was a time when you could still have that. Now it feels like it's either the playoffs you have it or you don't. So, and I think we're going to get more and more that way. So since we're doing that and now we got 12 teams, good. More well, people that's because, more yeah, I mean, if we're going to do that, uh, because that's what the powers that, 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 you know, dictated that was we, that's what they force fed us. You know, I mean, we had no control over this. Um, and if that's the way it's going to be, then yeah, sure. Expand it and have more meaningful games at the end of the season. That's, you know, that's the world we're living in. Yep. Sure enough. All right, well, anyway, that's happening, so very exciting. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, super quick, a Heisman uh, uh, winner was announced. Uh, Caleb Williams took it down, uh, beat out a pool. CJ Stroud, uh, Stetson Benton. Who was the fourth guy there? Duggan. It's Max Duggan. Uh, uh, I think Hayden Hooker finished fifth. Um, Hayden Hooker, yeah. Excuse me. Um, I, I think they got it right. I thought I thought Caleb Williams was electric this year. I thought he was the best player. Uh, I thought Hendon got snuffed. He should have been invited to New York. I'll say that. Um I don't think Stetson Bennett should have been there for being out, which is why I also think I have fourth number of votes. Um, but in general, I could nitpick here and there. I think the right guy won it. That was my, really my only takeaway. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm fine with him winning it. I think it could have gone to him. I think it's an absolute travesty that that Hendon Hooker didn't get invited. Stetson Bennett had no business no. being in New York. No. Hendon Hooker was SEC Offensive Player of the Year. He was third team All-America. Um, all that, all these accolades that Setson Bennett wasn't even in for. Setson Bennett wasn't even on the SEC. Forget the accolades. Just watch football. Like, look what Hedden Hooker well, with Hooker was stats. doing. I mean, like, he was just—he yeah. was an electric, must-watch TV player that get that brought so much action and uh, success to Tennessee. Uh, Stetson Bennett uh, is a is a is a good kid and a good quarterback, but I mean, look what he has around. He's him. a good story. Yeah, good I'm not story, taking anything away from any, him, any but no, it was just a—it was just I'm, a. Now I'm trying not to gaslight you here and try and pump up Tennessee fans listening. I legitimately think you're right. I don't. I don't know why. Is if he didn't get hurt in the South Carolina game, I have no question in my mind that he, I mean he, he plays. He wouldn't play the Vanderbilt game. Wins that one. That he would have got invited. I think his injury is what cost him. I don't think it should have. I think he should have been there anyway. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will will listen to that and think, well, it doesn't matter. Like 
he wasn't going to win it. And so like, what's the, what's the point of getting worked up about it? But it matters. It matters to the kids. And as a fan, you want to see your guys be rewarded and you want to see them recognized. And so, you know, we get pissed off when we get, when our guys get disrespected and um, it, this was not a Tennessee fan thing. Um, Tons of national media, you know, picked Hendon Hooker as like a huge snub. A lot of dumping on Stetson Bennett, which you hate to see. Um, yeah, but, he didn't ask for that. But I, no, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just the way. It was just stupid. And the 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 moral of the story is this happens every freaking year, and the <laughs> the voters, there just needs to be a new process because these guys don't watch football. It's yeah. a quarterback competition between the best, like. Th- Four schools, no regard, you know, regardless of stats, regardless yeah. of anything. I it's I don't know why same... Bijan Robinson didn't get an invite. I don't know why Honestly. Bryce Young, Bryce Young deserved to be there over Stetson Bennett too. Bryce yeah. Young carried Bama this year. Yeah, he if really he's did. not their quarterback, they they lose probably one or two more games. Yeah, they're probably eight and four, seven and five team. I think no, I, I really know Bryce Young definitely definitely put them on their back this year. So lots of complaints about I think Mike and I agree on three through seven. In terms of who fin- you know, maybe on who finished there, but um, I think I would. I mean, Caleb Williams, I think was the right. I think was the right choice for winning. I think he was the best player this year. Given, I, I mean, I'm fine with that. Okay. I, I have no complaints. I mean, when you get to the top couple guys, it's it's a it's rolling the dice. It's just you've got these people voting on it that don't watch college football. They don't care about it. They don't. You've got like news anchors and like yeah, AP Alaska voting, voting on it. Yeah. Like they don't even <laughs> care. They don't care. They they don't even. It's, it's a relic of an them. old system that made sense once upon a time to give to give these AP writers so much. But you're right. There's a lot of people who just don't who who do not pay into college football who are given votes. But alas, uh, congratulations, K. Williams, USC. I think they're seventh uh, Heisman Trophy tying Oklahoma yep. and Notre Dame. If you don't count Reggie each. Bush. If you don't count, if you count Bush, I think they have eight. But anyway, yep. very, very, very impressive. Uh, so typically we talk about conference championship week at this point, but honestly, it was like a week and a half ago, and most of you guys have already done it. A um, couple of quick overlining, headlining things. Obviously, uh, cost USC its playoff berth. Um, they lost uh, 47-24 to Utah. Utah, uh, man, just right as a thorn, uh, thorn in USC side. Yeah. Uh, really tough. Hate um, to see it. Hate to see it. Uh, my LSU Tigers uh, got the got the brakes beaten off them by Never Georgia. Stood a chance. Never really stood a chance. I'm not even really that upset about it. We're year one. I mean, my takeaway, I've, I've said this a billion times, broken record at this point. We won the West in year one with 38 guys in the roster 12 months ago. And we obviously way overachieved this year. And Georgia is the best team in the country, I think. So yep. it was cool to be there. It was good. Good experience. Um, move. Uh, Michigan rolls Purdue, uh, forty three twenty two. I think it was cl- game was close to the half, but then it got there got ugly. Um, Clemson, uh, North Carolina. If North Carolina ever learned how to play defense this year, they would have won that game. They just chose not to this year. Well, also, can. Kate Klubnik looked awesome. Also, Kate Klubnik, which we're going to come and back DJ to. DJ is in the transfer portal. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. I got to get. I got. I got to pat you on the back for that in a minute. Um, the the best game was obviously it was honestly it was the best conference this year. The Big Twelve, uh, yeah. Big 12, 38, uh, 28-31. Uh, Kansas State knocks off TCU. Ended up not hurting TCU because because USC lost. Uh, they ended up they ended up finishing right where they were right in that three spot. They weren't penalized for being there, which is probably, is probably the right decision. Yeah. I um, love, I love that. I'm really glad to see them not get tossed out over losing in the conference championship after such a great year. And I really, 
give a lot of credit to Sonny Dykes for kind of taking control over that situation a little bit because once it went into overtime, he was like, "We're gonna we're gonna win or lose it on this two point conversion." Yeah, and they didn't get it. Um. Yeah. No, they played. And so the- they kind of just decided like we're gonna lose on our terms, and yeah. I think that kind of helped in a way. It was. No, I think so too. They 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 didn't play scared, which you know. In a game like that, and Kansas State is good. Kansas State, we, we, I mean, Mike and I have been bullish on them for a long time, and uh, they won the Big Twelve. Kudos, yeah. kudos to Kansas State. Um, so nothing to hang, nothing to be sad, nothing to be sad about losing to a tough game in the Big Twelve championship to them. But and it also didn't matter for them. TCU is going to playoff anyway. So anything else you want to add about conference championship? It was, it was guy. It feels like ancient, ancient history. No, um, Max Duggan played like a warrior in that game too. I think that's really stamped the the envelope to his invite to new york um yeah, he, he he tcu i mean he he really carried them this year um but anybody who you know the timing of that game and and the way he played i think really cemented his uh invite uh for the heisman yep oh oh well, the one thing i will say you know what's um you know what makes great television while you're in the hospital recovering from your one day old baby College football conference championships. I thoroughly enjoyed sitting in the hospital on Saturday watching and Friday night watching every single game. That was couldn't that have timed was, it any better. Yeah, couldn't have any better for that regard. So thank you, Anders, my son and new neighbor born Anders for that. Um, and the best part was my my other kids were in here with uh my in-laws. So literally it was just me and Anna hanging out in the hospital just watching TV for 12 hours. Like it was kind of <laughs> nice. I'm not gonna tell, not gonna lie to you. So I actually got to watch all of these games because I had nothing else to do. Yeah, that is so, nice. It was nice. Uh very cool. All right. Now we're gonna talk about um so if you remember if you're listening to Spot, Mike and I made a lot of predictions uh at the beginning of the year and we have dug them all up. Uh, this is going to be fun. We're going to talk about uh, Mike and I's uh, bold predictions going the season. We're going to grade them, obviously, how they were, how they weren't. Kind of, uh, Mike and I are each going to have a chance to justify ourselves for our horrendous picks, or of course, take a victory lap, depending on whatever it is. And then we're going to talk about our um, uh, conference and division champions and picks and where we were that. Uh, I'll start with. Um, my first uh, bold prediction, USC goes 11-1 and one in year one and goes to the playoff. I'm mad about this because I came so close. If it were if they were the four seed going to the last week, I mean, this was a loss. Obviously, it was, I was wrong, but they win that Utah game and they're in. They win yeah, either you, Utah game, they're in. I don't – I mean, you don't need to count this as being wrong. Um, I still – maintain that this was not bold <laughs> yeah. i said in preseason this is not a bold prediction <laughs> usc was finished i mean they were picked by vegas to finish like fourth or fifth in the country so yep i mean you really nailed right on the head i, I, well, I well, well, well vegas do. did i mean vegas said 10 and 2 i said 11 and 1 they were 10 and 2 it's exactly or they well, they finished yeah they finished 10 and 2 and didn't make the playoffs so they were that was about right um Mike's pick number one. I'm not going to beat you up over it. Let's I appreciate it that, that. I appreciate that. Uh, Mike's bold prediction: another new entry to the college football playoff. Well done, kudos. Uh, tell me about your TCU pick. Well, I didn't pick TCU specifically, but this one was kind of an easy one. I mean, it it it, it was only bold because we'd had so many return, you know, repeat visitors into the playoff. It had been Georgia, Ohio State. Alabama, you know, all the same St. Clemson, all the same teams every year. Um, and we knew this year was going to have more parity. So really it was like, 
you know, four, you know, four, five, six versus the field. And we had a lot of teams that were really intriguing, USC being one of them, which yep. we said in that pod had a really good chance. You know, we threw Texas in there, um, AM. I didn't think TCU had a chance. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk about TCU. We talked about Baylor a little bit. But yeah, I just thought there were too many good teams with with paths to the playoff. I thought there might be a, another ACC team in there, frankly. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was it was not that bold. It was good either way. It was right. It was a good call. So credit to you. Uh, well done. Uh, my second bold prediction: Baylor wins the Big Twelve and goes back to the playoff or to, to the play for the first time. Um, I'm still, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going down with the ship. I'm still bullish on David Randa. I still think he's a great coach. Um, the big 12 one, I, I, I obviously I underestimated, uh, the lack of talent in the secondary and out wide. And I thought Blake shape was gonna be better than he was. I still think David Randa is a great coach. Um, yeah, but I think the biggest thing that nobody saw coming, at least nobody on this podcast was how good the big 12 was this pick as you know, Baylor underachieving was one thing, but. The Big 12 was so much better than we all thought they were this year. So that really drove the conversation for this pick so much. Well, and I think from a national perspective, even it took almost until the end of the year before the Big 12 even started getting some of the respect that it deserved. I mean, TCU was still getting talked about, about, you know, getting jumped by a possible two loss Big 10 team. Um, So, yeah. I really, we really respected what Kansas State, what Texas, what Baylor, um, even what Kansas, what Texas Tech did. I mean, a lot of good teams out there. Um, I, you know, having a regression for Dave Aranda this year um, doesn't mean a ton other than it was a bigger regression than what we thought it would be. This was a bold prediction. You swung and missed. (laughs) that's no big deal what can you do what can you do uh next bold prediction uh yeah next bold prediction uh this this is one of you you said clemson would not win the acc or go back to the playoff i'm gonna give this a a little bit of both they did win the acc they did not go to the playoff which is crazy to think about because there's no way you're telling me in august clemson's winning the acc and they're not in yeah and and this is both the the getting it right and getting it wrong are a direct result of the ACC not being as strong of a conference as we thought they would be. Um, we both thought UNC would be stronger. North Carolina State would be stronger. We both thought Wake would be stronger. Um, even some of the kind of bottom dwellers um, or some of the mid middle tier teams we thought would be stronger than what they were. Um, and so I thought there would be somebody – and, and I thought Clemson would regress more than they did. And um, DJ Oyangale still struggled throughout the year. Yeah. They would but, have regressed more if the ACC was as bad. One of the things that yeah. you and I the, were not bold predictions, but we both said it. We both thought, one, Baylor was best in the Big 12. That was wrong. And two, we both said that there was lots of good ACC teams. That was really wrong. A lot of teams yeah. that were did not – there were there frankly were not very many good teams at all in the ACC. Um, yep. And I think had there been – Clemson would have regressed more. You know, they yeah. just didn't they just didn't have that many obstacles, frankly. For being well, honest. yeah, and we, we talked about it early in that pod. Um, they had basically just the way their schedule played out, four or five games to kind of ease into their 
starting lineup, you know, they're they're get their quarterback position squared away, which they never really did. But I thought it would shake out. I thought it would shake itself out earlier than it did. Um, But yeah, I I thought they I thought the ACC would be stronger top to bottom based on last year. Last year, the ACC was an extremely fun watch. Yeah, and, and honestly, getting how many quarterbacks from the conference, it's it just it seemed like they it seemed like the quarterback was like the only spot where the conference top to bottom was pretty good. Everywhere else, it just they had a lot of holes and the middle depth. You know, wasn't there? Florida State was nice. Miami bottomed out. Yep. Obviously, the Virginia schools had awful seasons. Um, it just wasn't there. Just Pitt and Louisville, we expected to be better than yeah. they were. I mean, those should have been teams that you know could upset and and play. I mean. Pitt, Pitt had some weird struggles. They're still a solid team, but yeah. like Georgia Tech was, a little more out of them. <laughs> Georgia Tech was a top half team and they fired their coach week four. Somehow yeah. they still like AC was just, it was just a bad year of the ACC. So what are you going to do? Uh, next bowl prediction. Mel Tucker will finish fifth in his division. All I do is win, win, win. I am so proud of this pick. I called it a million miles away. I still think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think Mill Tucker's a great coach, but obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and I tell, and the team I said, I said Maryland was plucky. Yep. I said Mike Loxley in that offense, Rakeem Jarrett, Tuali Atungavailoa, they're going to score a bunch of points, and the bottom is going to fall out on Michigan State. I nailed that one. Phil, you did. really, really good about that one. Um, I've already talked about it. Times. I just, you know, I have nothing against Sparty. Sparty's an awesome program. They'll be back. Um, but man, they just, they were terrible this year. And I feel. Um, really so good. I will give you a ton of credit this year. For, for this pick, I will, because I thought I I did not think that, that it would play out this way. Um, but Michigan State could have won eight games and still just barely missed out on your prediction because the top of their conference was so good. They still would have finished behind Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, I didn't think they would regress as much as they did. I think that's where my, you know, I, I really, really pushed back on you because there was no way I thought that they would finish with five wins. Um, well, yeah, well, seven, eight, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Oh, Penn State's also was like this was the this was a case. I think it was this last spot. This was the last the only situation I can think of where there's never been a more clear who is the third best conference. Like the pecking order in the Big Ten: Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. No doubt about it. And yeah. all three of those teams are happen to be in the Big Ten East, looking up. So really, it was just a matter of is Michigan State. Is Michigan State actually better than Rutgers, Indiana, and Maryland? They are definitely better than Rutgers and Indiana because holy yes. smokes, those teams yeah. are bad. But yeah. Maryland is pretty good. They are a solid team and they can score. So yeah, uh, I'll do it. That'll do it. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, Bryce win. Bryce, sorry, Bryce this is Mike White's pick. Uh, Bryce Young will win the Heisman again. He was awesome this year. Just he did, played just, fantastic. He should have been in New York. If he if he didn't get hurt, he probably still would have been. Um, at least anybody, invited. yeah, yeah, not 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 he he wouldn't have won it, but he should have yeah. probably been in New York over uh, Stetson Bennett at least. Um, yeah, I I missed on that one. Yeah, I also I you 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 said you said the USC pick wasn't that bold. I don't think that, I don't think I don't think Bryce Young was that bold because he was a favorite. But your counter was that no one's ever. It's only happened like twice in a row, like ever. I think Archie Griffin, like maybe one other person. So well, and this anyway. is why it's bold because there's still doofuses voting on this, and to have a guy <laughs> win it two times in a row, um, there's still a hum a, a large human bias that goes into sure. this vote. Uh, and, and and guys that don't even, you know, people that don't even watch college football. So um, to, to have a guy win it twice in a row would have been 
Yeah. Crazy. I'm just going to pause real quick, say really quick. I think this was my favorite episode all season was the bold prediction show. This is going back and look at these now is so much fun. I can't wait to do this again next year. I'm already we'll make about, more. We got to make more bold predictions. Yeah, we, <laughs> I totally agree. More bold predictions for 2023 are in the are in the are in the shoot. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. Um, oh, God. This oh, yeah, is this bad. is a good one. <laughs> uh, Tyler Van Dyke is going to win the Heisman. That's yours. Yeah. Tell me oh, about tell me man. about my Heisman pick again. Oh God. Um I don't I don't you know you you know you were high on Miami too, but good grief. Was um, I? I you know Not this, as one, high as this you. one I'm I I I I guess I put on Mar- I guess I put a lot of Mario Cristobal's feet. Uh, I don't know what happened Miami this year. I don't know why everything went so bad. I don't know why they lost Middle Tennessee State. I don't know why they Almost lost to UVA in seven overtimes in front of my eyes when I was there without scoring a single touchdown. Um, I, I, yeah, Tyler Tyler didn't even finish the season. I know he got hurt, but they he, they didn't even bring him back. So he not only went from like dark horse Heisman candidate to not even starting. Um, so you know, I'm interested to see what his offseason looks like. I'm assuming he'll stick around. Um, I'm assuming he'll be back at back in college and back at Miami next year. But I think he still is better than what. This season showed, but good gracious, he did not win the Heisman this year. Yeah, this is just one of those scenarios that, and we see, we've seen it, you know, in various spots around college football where you've got a high profile quarterback and one year he looks amazing and the next year it's a head scratcher. Yeah. I don't, I can't explain it. I I did, I never thought he'd win the Heisman. And, (laughs) yeah, but. We're I don't both. know why he sucked. I don't know why he sucked either. Uh, next one. Uh, Brian Harson will not survive the season. Still very good about that one. Uh, it's just, there's no way. You, there, he, he, was, he was bad culture from the, get, from the get-go. He was not recruiting. The running was on the wall. The Saban uh, dynasty is getting encrusted with gems, and they couldn't tolerate it, and it, he, he had to go. I'm not surprised at all the way it happened. Um I, 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 we said it, we, I said he wouldn't survive the year and he did not. Um, I even said, actually, I think I said he didn't get fired week seven or eight. I think he did get fired week seven. So I think I even called the right week of when he got canned. Um, yeah. That one felt- See, I think the bolder prediction was me saying that he would survive the year. Yes, it was. So because my- <laughs> everyone thought he would be fired. They thought he would, they tried to fire him before the year. And I was like, no, no, no. He's gonna, he's gonna win six or seven and so he's the, gonna, yeah. For those of you listening, my prediction was he wasn't going to survive the show. Mike immediately countered and said, "No, no, no, he will survive the season." That's my bold prediction. So it was so, which was part of it was it was part of uh, me zigging and him zagging. To be to be fair, but I got this one right, so I feel really good about it. You got it right, but my prediction I went out on a farther limb. Yours was bolder than mine (laughs) because everyone wanted his ass gone. (laughs) (laughs) Last bold prediction of the show: uh, the Mike Blitz will sign an NIL deal this year. Not the season's not over yet. I'm That's not, what I was going to say. Not, I'm not closing the book on this one yet. Listen, if you if you're listening right now and you're looking for a sponsorship deal, uh, you lo- talk to us. We would love to sign an nil with you guys um, and let us know. Yo, um, Hank's I'll, refrigeration. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at you. Yeah, Hardywood Gingerbread Stout. You're looking for a face to put on your on your new cans. We got them. We, we look at these mugs. We would be great, great, great. Clarence great. bread delivery. Looking <laughs> at you. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not I'm not ruling that one as a loss yet. So we'll see. Uh, next thing, okay, we're gonna do our other. Other thing, we the next week we did more predictions. We did um, um, 
picking the conferences. Now, to be fair, we way we did this when we we drafted them essentially. So I was allowed to get one. I was I was allowed to do one, and then he was do other. So I couldn't pick the same team twice. So Mike picked Alabama to win the SEC West. I could not pick them. I'd pick a different team. So to be fair, these aren't our true picks, but it's just a kind of a game to spice it up. And we're just gonna go kind of go conference by conference and work through these quickly. Uh, I'll start with uh, the Big Ten. Uh, Mike White picking Michigan and Purdue. I was pretty high on Purdue. Bang bang, um, two for two. Yeah, I was high on Purdue, and and they did not look as good as I thought they'd be this year. They backed their way into winning the conference. Um, the West was so bad. Yeah, but they, you know, they Aiden O'Connell is solid. I mean they they were they were probably due for a bit bit of a better season. So I'll, I'll get myself uh, kind of lucked out on that one. Yep, uh, I went to Ohio State and um, Iowa. Wrong and wrong. Uh, Iowa continue is is I you know I I don't know why Iowa is still run by the. Well, you were just so like enamored with their offense because it's just sexy. Yeah, <laughs> so many so many two yard runs. It's just so nice, so nice to look at. Uh, so uh, there it is. That uh, on the other side though, we'll go to the SEC. Uh, my picked Georgia and my LSU Tigers. Two for two on that. Feeling pretty good about that one as well. Um. You know, it came down to me just picking the fact that I just thought Georgia had an easier path, and they were. And obviously, I picked LSU because you picked you picked Alabama, and who else was I going to pick in the SEC? West? Yeah, I would you have know? picked Georgia. You picked Georgia, so yeah. I went with Tennessee, yeah. uh, who finished second in the yep. East. And of course, I picked Bama out of the West, the front runner, and uh, we both tripped them up. So yep. credit to my balls and your Tigers for not making that happen. I couldn't be happier that I to be wrong on that pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to call that one a win too. I, honestly, frankly, that's, yeah, I, I feel the same way about that. All right, let's go to uh, the Pac-12. Uh, I picked Utah and Oregon. Uh, you picked USC and Washington. So honestly, we split that one. And I'll give you credit. You actually said, you were mad at me. You're like, you picked Utah. I picked Utah first. And you wanted to pick Utah. But for the sake of our game, Game, you couldn't. So I think there's a world where you actually hit both of these. I think you pick Utah and USC, which would have been the perfect pick. I would have gone Utah and Oregon, which is what I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And I, I would have gotten one. So we split this one, but I, you know, I, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to tip the cap to you on the Pac 12 uh, spot. Uh, over in the ACC, um, I took uh, Clemson and Pitt. So I'll give myself a, and uh, uh, you took. Um, you took who'd you get? Uh, you took um, Miami and NC State. Two whiffs. Two whiffs. A double whiff. Um, ACC was just a grab bag this year. Uh, Clemson, yeah, you picked Clemson. I would have picked them <laughs> for the for the purposes of yeah, this game. I, would I know, I know, Clemson. I know. But you know, but like the bigger thing was just like how bad we were everywhere yeah. else. Like we all thought Pitt was going to be better. I didn't. I I when yeah. you picked Miami, I was like, yes, that's a great pick. Oh, you got Devin O'Leary, fifth year senior, and that and that front seven defense, great pick. I honestly, I thought you were, I thought you were in a great position to do that. I was like, even though I did better in the ACC, I had no, I don't have much reason to take, I don't have much reason to take a victory lap on that because frankly, I loved your picks and I said no. as much on the pod as well. And the and NC State was, I mean, they were so close. I mean, yeah. they were a, a bit of a disappointment. They still had a good year, but I mean, th- that was a team that I really expected more out of this year to, to kind of take the next step. Um, yeah. And nobody took the next step in the no. ACC. I no. mean, you look at last year and you think one of these teams is going to take the next step. Nobody nope. did. They all took st- steps no. back. 
Clemson took a, took a step back and wasn't punished for it, frankly, yeah. for being honest. <laughs> uh, that's, all right. that's 100%. Last but not least, the Big 12. Uh, I took Baylor, Okie State. You took Oklahoma and Texas. Jesus. Just you know what? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't even hang your head in shame. The Big 12 was awesome for this very reason. It was so any of these, there, any of the top five, six teams could have won the Big 12. It was TCU and Kansas State. And I don't think anybody would have had that combination going into the season. No, that I'm just, I'm, I can't believe that between the, you and I, there's only 10 teams in the Big Ten, in the Big 12 at the, at the moment this year. Sonny Dykes is a first-year head coach. First-year head coach. We picked four teams. Not one of them even made the game. Like that, that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. And it just goes to show um, that um, the Big 12 was just so crazy this year. Yeah. Um, and we, you were just, you and I were both way off on that. The Big 12 this year was what the ACC was kind of like last year. Totally. Totally. A little bit of honorable mention uh, of just kind of extra uh, predictions that we kind of threw in there. I predicted Oregon to cover versus Georgia. They did not. They lost 49 to zero in the opening week. That was tough. You predicted Cade Klubinick, Cade Club level was going to take over for DJU. I'm going to yeah. give you credit for that one. Uh, you said you, you were on that horse pretty much all season. You I would back in August. You should take a, take a win for that. I would say that if, Dabo would have made that change earlier in the year. They would have been probably a playoff team. They could have. They would have. It would have saved them at least one or two. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably. I'm trying to think. Trying to remember. Remember who the losses were. I can't. I'm also blanking on at the very second. Um, but no, you're probably right. I. If nothing else, he just he brought. He gave them some new energy. Gave them some I mean, we'll see how he plays in the bowl game. Um. Yeah. But he looked excellent against UNC. So he did. He did. Although UNC don't play no defense, so we'll, no. we'll see about that. Uh, next, moving on, uh, we also we did so for we also break the college football uh, playoff. The four teams. The rule was that Mike and I could only pick two of the four favorites, which was Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. I took Ohio State, Georgia to take them my two wins there, and then I picked USC and Baylor. That close to three out of four. I was pretty darn close. Three out of four. I feel I'm pretty good about. I got half right. I'm, I'm feeling okay about yeah, that. Yeah, my favorites were Bama, Ohio State, so I got half on that. And then my reaches were Utah, which I still feel like, dang, could have been there. They could've beat USC there. twice. They're they're the Pac-12 champions, Mike. You if should feel good about them. I know. If they don't lose that Florida game early yeah. in the season, we're having a whole different conversation. And then Miami, which I didn't quite remember. I think so. I must have been higher on Miami than than I thought that, that <laughs> I was. Um yeah, yeah, but, so. yeah. So I mean, my big, my big miss this year for sure was Baylor. I think your big miss was Miami. I think you were, well, we were. Those are the, those are two spots that we just, just, just whiffed on. That's okay. Um, and then for champions, guys, we haven't played championship. We both picked Ohio State, which we're still alive, Mike. We're we're both still alive in that. Although at this point, I hate to say this, I would love to see Ohio State win it this year. I'd love to see TCU win it this year, or really Michigan. So. Anybody but Georgia. Anybody but Georgia. God, I just don't think they're gonna. I just don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we both picked the Ohio State at the beginning of the year. I think right now neither neither of us would. If we're doing this right now, I don't think either of us would pick Ohio State. But we're still alive. So who knows? Maybe we'll come back. Yeah. Maybe we'll revisit this in two weeks and look like geniuses. So, um, that's very good. All right, we've been talking about an hour. I think we're about done. Um, anything else? Yeah, we. Do? That's 
we we hit everything that I, th- I think we needed to hit. Yeah, I think so, too. Good stuff. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, hit us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, join the Patreon. It's been a little quiet recently, obviously, because I've been I've been so incommunicado with a new baby, but we're going back. we got more juice. College football season is taking a little hiatus for the, the bowl break and signing day, but it's coming back hot and heavy. And we'll be Christmas. back hot and heavy. We're going to come back with, a, with an episode talking about um, – bowl games you've got to watch and yep. we'll do uh some some playoff predictions and what to look for yeah absolutely so season is not over uh there's still a little bit yet left to come it is already been it's already been such a magical season it's been so much fun doing the pod with you this this season i'm so yeah, glad we are like what yet. 18 episodes in or something yeah man like, we've, been, we've, been, we've been kicking butt this year so that is just the if best. you've listened to all of us you are a freaking mvp man let me let me buy you a beer next time i see you because i love whoever you are listening my mike blitzer thank you so much for listening uh yeah uh, if you want, if you want access, uh, join the, uh, the Discord. Obviously, hit us up on Patreon. We'd love to have you, uh, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm uh, your host, Mike Way. My co-host over there, Mike White. Uh, until next time, see you. Peace. Peace. Go.